The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passions making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Book of Luke, chapter 13. Luke chapter 13, find verse 22. Luke 13, verse 22, reading from the New King James. And if we're able to put this up on the screen for those that don't have access to a Bible tonight, there we go. And we'll we'll go 22 to 26. And uh, we do have notes for you. Let's read the word of the Lord. And he went through the cities and villages, teaching and journeying toward Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow gate. For many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer you and say to you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Then you'll begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you you taught in our streets. But he will say, I'm going to continue. Verse 27 now. He will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Pardon me. He will say, I tell you, I do not know you where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. And there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourself thrust out. They'll come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are last who will be first and the first who will be last. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this night, the last midweek service of 2014. I thank you for the many miracles that have taken place in our midweek service. And not only that, the many miracles that took place all year long. How you saved people, healed people, delivered people, set the captives free. Drug addicts put their drugs away and got delivered. Marriages were put back together. People were saved. People were healed. Cancers were broken off of people. People were healed of emotional scars and damages. Broken hearts were healed. People, people died and went to heaven. Babies were born. And Lord, there are some that died and we know not where they went for certain. And God, we thank you that tonight will never come again. And this right now is a Kairos moment where time and destiny meet. And I pray that you would give us all ears to hear and hearts to respond what you would say to us tonight. Take a coal from your altar, I pray. Place it upon my lips that as I preach, as I speak, it would burn faith in the hearts of all of the hearers. 
And we thank you and praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. I played a lot of sports. Anybody else play sports around here? You played some sports? All right. I played, I played football. I wrestled. And I played lacrosse in the spring. Surfed during the summer. Was very active in sports. And there was on occasion, there were all the years of playing sports, where... I would get confused occasionally of whether I was on the field or off the field. You know, there'd be a change or, you know, maybe you got switched, that kind of thing. And I had a number of occasions where I was running on the field and I stopped to kind of figure out where I was. Wait, wait, is this offense, defense? Because I was spacing out, you know. And the coach would yell, Bracken, are you in or out? In other words, make up your mind. And I have entitled tonight's message, Are You In or Out? Look at your neighbor and say, are you in or out? In this text, Jesus is asked a question. And he answers the question, a picture that he paints, of whether one is in the kingdom or out. Whether you're in the kingdom of God or whether you're out of the kingdom of God. Verse 23, a Jew asks him, Jewish man asks him, Lord, are there only a few people going to be saved? Because you have to know that in the mind of a first century Jew, Pharisee, Sadducee, they, they believed that they were saved simply because they were part of the Abrahamic covenant. They were, they were children of Abraham and so they're saved automatically. And Jesus brings this correction. And I think really that question that he asked was one out of arrogance. Are we the only ones who are being saved or are there some others? Jesus answers the question of what lies behind beyond the grave. Everyone here is going to die. Happy New Year. Praise the Lord. All of us are going to pass away. Now, we do have notes, so if you, if you didn't get those, if you'd lift your hand, they'll bring that to you. All right. Praise the Lord. A few sets of notes over in the future Heroes and World Changers section. That, that's you guys. The youth. Well, I guess we're all future world changers. Can you say amen? Insights on who's in the kingdom of God. Well, flash, flash to you today, uh, not everyone, everyone will not be saved. Fill in your notes. Everyone will not be saved. Not everyone is going to go to heaven. Now, that's not a popular message, but it's the truth of God's word. And 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but he's long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's plan for you is that you'd be saved. God's plan for you is that you'd be healed. God's plan for you is that you would live life and life abundantly. That is God's plan. The devil's plan for you is to steal, kill, and destroy you. The devil's plan for you is to take you off to a place called hell. And Jesus talked a whole lot about hell. It's not popular in many churches. But God's plan for you, his yearning for you, 
is to be a part of his kingdom. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. But that does mean that there's perishing if you don't believe. And he gave his whole, he gave his son for the whole world to be saved. To as many as believed in him, he gave them the right to become children of God. So, insights as to who's in the kingdom. Well, not everybody's saved. And uh, number one, the door is narrow. Narrow. Verse 24, the doors, it's a narrow door, which is contrary to what many people say today. It's contrary many times, and I raise your hand if you heard something. Well, as long as you believe, as long as you just believe something, you know, you believe what you want to believe. I'll believe what I want to believe, and it's all good. I'm of you, you, you might not realize it, but you don't believe that. It sounds good. Come on, how many of you in school, you've heard that? Well, as long as you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe. Everybody can believe whatever they want to believe. But we don't believe that, and I'll prove it. And it actually comes from C.S. Lewis' book on mere Christianity, which will teach you how to think critically, which I'm not so sure we teach in our schools anymore. We need to teach our, our youth. Need to, we all need to learn how to, te- to think critically. C.S. Lewis destroyed that argument many times over. One of, his, one of his arguments to destroy the lie that as long as you believe what you believe and I believe what I believe, it's all good. If I believed, for instance, if I was to walk over to you with boiling water, where's Avion? Where's my brother Avion? What's up? What would you think... Brother Avion, if I felt like I believed it'd be okay for me to come on over here and pour boiling water over your head. I'm not going to ask your parents what they think. I'm just asking you. How do you think? Do you think that'd be cool? If I came and just dumped scalding boiling water on you, would you be all right with that? If I believe that? No, sir. No, sir. Come on, somebody say, no, sir. Yeah, no, because it would, it would, it would, it would ruin you. Wait, it might even kill you. So if somebody has to believe that they can pour boiling water on you, do you think that's okay? No, you don't believe that their belief is good. Is that right? That's right, because <laughs> you don't want to get scalded, correct? Yeah, but, but we believe in truth. There is absolute truth. People don't even believe it. They just say it to get out of an argument. The door is narrow. I want you to say that. The door is narrow. I heard another thing. All roads lead to God. <clears throat> false. That's also false not true all roads don't leave to god jesus said i'm the way the truth and the are you telling me that he's intolerant to other ways that's exactly what i'm telling you and i'm also telling you that if you're a christian that would makes you a bigot yeah but that, that's not wrong it's just truth <laughs> you're like oh, I'm okay. bigot is that a curse word? What is it, bigot? It's somebody who's intolerant. It said, look, we love people, but the Bible clearly says there is one way, one truth, one life. Jesus is what he says. Amen. We should probably spend some time on that in the future, but the door is narrow. No one comes to the Father except by me. You cannot live any way you want to. Right. You can't live any way you want to and, and expect to go to heaven. You can't just do whatever you want. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 says, 
Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Everybody say that. Don't be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And, and such were some of you. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. I love the next verse. And that's what some of you were. But God washed you, cleansed you, healed you. Amen. But you don't make it to heaven by living any way that you want to. That's not how you get in. Yeah, it's not popular. Not only is the road narrow, but verse 24, many will try to enter or will not be able to. Hmm, that's interesting. You say, well, what's that all about, Pastor? Simply what it's all about is there are people that are very sincere in their religious ways. You can go to India and see a lot of sincere religious people worshiping cows and whatever else they worship. You can go all around the world and see people that are very sincere in their seeking of God, but they're in their sincerity, they're sincerely deceived as well. And so there'll be some expecting to go, but they won't be able to enter. They won't be able to. There's no other way to be reconciled, to be, to be forgiven. You can't earn it. You can't do enough good things. Not everyone will be saved. Did you say that? Not everyone will be saved. Those who may think they're saved may not be. Verse 24 through 26 talks about that. Make every effort to enter through the narrow door because many, I tell you, will enter and will not be able to. Will try to enter and not be able. Verse 25. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door, you'll stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he'll answer you, I did not know you or where you came from. He said, we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. There will be those outside who are thinking they should be inside. And it says there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, I'd rather be shocked now. I'd rather be shocked right now than shocked later. You know, you think it's all good, and then you're like, oh, no, you can't come in. Excuse me? <laughs> That's disappointing. Yes, you're headed to hell. That's where you're going. You can't come in. I'm so sorry. I never knew you. Okay, if that doesn't freak you out, you might not be alive. Just take your, just put your two fingers here and check to see if you have a pulse. They thought they were saved because they associated with Jesus. You know what I did in one youth meeting that I had? Uh, there, there were, they were passing notes. It's prior to text. It's prior to text. They were passing notes, and so I snatched a note and I read it out loud to the entire church. I haven't done what I want. What I've wanted to do with phones is just put my boot into it and break that two hundred dollar device. Pastor Alex will come back next week. You mess around in my service, it will not be happy. I'm just telling you. You know why? You know why that is? You're like, your dad's freaking me out. Yeah. You know, you know why? Because, because if you can listen to what I'm... You take, come on, girlfriend, taking some notes. If you can listen to what I say to you and you actually retain some of what I'm saying. They don't let you talk in school, do they? They let you talk while the teacher's teaching? They do? Well, that's stupid. All right. 
I love you, and that's why I'm not going to let you mess around, or I'll have you escorted out. You got it? Is that clear? Nod. All right, awesome. Because if you could hear what I preach to you tonight, it might save you, actually, from the ones who are weeping and crying. He said, we need to love the youth. I am loving them right now. Are you in or out? Where are you? Are you in or are you out? Where are you at? You in or out? Don't just give me the in thing. Let me check yourself. Are you really in or are you out? Lord, Lord. There's people that will be outside, but they're thinking they should be inside because they associated with Jesus. We're associate. There's people here that are just associating right now. In other words, they're here. They came to church. God bless you. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you didn't stay home. I'm glad you came to church on, on this Wednesday night, on December 31st, the last Wednesday night of 2014. will never come again. I'm glad you came. But there are people that will split hell wide open that attended church all their life. It has nothing to do with going to church. You could stand in a garage, and it doesn't make you a car. Any more than a monkey putting on a suit makes him a part of the human race. You've got to be born again. You've got to be saved. And so Jesus is bringing this correction. And there is, look at, see, there is heaven and a hell. There is a heaven and a hell, verse 27. Those outside are called evildoers. What? I'm not an evildoer. Well, are you sure? You see, his definition of what an evildoer is is maybe different than what the definition of our culture says it is. In fact, it's very different. Hell is for evildoers. You must use God's definitions, not ours. Use God's definitions, not ours. We've all broken God's law. We've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God, but the gift of God is eternal life. Whether you like it or not, you need a Savior. I need a Savior. Everyone here needs a Savior. Are you in or are you out? Look at verse 28 of Luke 13. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the people of the kingdom of God, and you yourselves are thrust out. Hell is a place of sorrow, regret, and torment. Book of Revelation chapter 20. I'd like you to put it up, please. Chapter 20, Revelation chapter 20, verse 13. I'm going to start from verse 11, but put up, put up verse 13. And I saw a great white throne, him who sat on it, whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which are written in the books. And the sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Verse 14. Then death and Hades were cast in the lake of fire. That's the second death. And verse 15, be sure to put this one up. Pay attention. If you don't see anything else the rest of the night, bring your eyeballs to the screens right now. Do it now. Praise God. And everyone not found 
written in the book of life was cast into a lake of fire. I, I, I'm, I'm going to have my name in the book. Does anybody else want their name in the book? Are you in or are you out? Are you in or, or out? Heaven is described in verse 29 as a feast, which is exciting to me. And, you know, it's just a little bit of heaven here sometimes when we're, we're worshiping and sometimes people are dancing and, and just enjoying the Lord. That's the way the kingdom of God is. The, the kingdom of God is like a feast, great joy and celebration. The criteria for those who enter God's kingdom, we're at D in the notes. Verse 24 Strive to enter through the narrow gate. Huh. Strive to enter through the narrow gate. The criteria for entering the kingdom, the first thing here, strive. Again, all of you athletes out there. I think probably the hardest, one of the hardest sports for me was wrestling when you're evenly matched and skilled with somebody and you're in the third period and you got hardly anything left. And, you're, and you're, you're just trying to keep your shoulder blade off the mat. And everybody's screaming, hold on, hold on. And, the, and it's counting down. I mean, you got 30 seconds or maybe football. It's the fourth period. And you're tired. And you're exhausted. And you're, it's the fourth period. And you just got seconds left. That striving, the Greek word, is to push through like an athlete would give everything they had to cross the finish line, to finish strong, to do the very best they can strive to enter in labor to enter into the narrow gate that's the picture it's a picture of being fourth quarter doing everything you can to enter through the narrow gate I'm not so sure we live our Christianity like that I'm pretty certain that I'm convicted is anybody else convicted that maybe you're not pushing like that like it's the fourth quarter serving God with your all like that in the fourth quarter got to give your all to him and it's not your works but you do have to give him your all it's a reasonable thing to do considering he gave his all for you they're identified with christ verse 24 and 27 this is interesting uh never saw this actually before never thought about it verse 27 let's read that but he'll say i tell you I do not know you or where you're from. Interesting. Depart from me, all you who are workers of iniquity. They've identified with Christ. We're talking about criteria for those who were in. Criteria, we've talked about, about those who are out. Not everybody's going to be saved. Criteria for those who are in. One, they're giving their all to Jesus. Two, they've identified with Christ. We know him. Do you know God? Now, but he's, he's infinite, so it's impossible to know everything about him. Yes. But you can know him, that he's good, that he's pure, that he's trustworthy, that he's, that he's love, that he's light. Do you know him? In ancient times, you knew someone by their name, and you knew them from where they came from. Jesus of Nazareth. So you knew his name. And you knew the city where he came from. And it's fascinating to me, verse 27, that it says, 
I do not know you or where you come from. To know is to intimately know. Really, it's a picture of intimacy uh, between a husband and wife. But, but don't get all, don't sexualize that. Because everything in this culture has been sexualized. So we say the intimacy between the husband and wife, and they immediately like, oh, he's talking about sex, he's talking about sex. No, I, I'm not. Intimate knowledge is beyond just knowing who they are. It's knowing intimately their character and what they're really like. I mean, even when nobody's looking, what they're really like. Do you know God? Are you in or out? Where are you from? It's interesting. Where are you from? Jesus is from Nazareth. So I do not, I do not know you or where you're from. You see, where you're from. Where are you from? Are you from Sodom? Where are you from? Which brings me to my next point. We reflect his kingdom. See, when you reflect his kingdom, when you show up, the way that you act, the way that you talk, the way that you respect or the lack thereof shows where you're from. It shows what you really believe. You can wave your hand and you can skip and dance and shout and clap and holler and sing. You can do all of that stuff in the name of Jesus and still be from Sodom. Where, where are you from? We, we have to reflect the kingdom. We're supposed to reflect the kingdom. Do you know him? And we're, we're, we get translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We, we're seated in heavenly places. Really, we're supposed to reflect heaven. I need some help. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, help me. Help me to reflect you in a better way. And it's interesting in verse 25. Verse 25, look at with me. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Pardon me, that's verse 28. Verse 25. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door. Now, I'll tell you what's interesting about that verse. It basically says that, that there's a time. They've responded before it's too late. It's a, when, when it says the master is going to get up and shut the door, it's a, picture that, it's a picture that there's a time when he's going to shut the door. There's a time when it's over. And those who are in are those who have made a decision to live for God. I've known people, I've, I've, I've got tons of stories, endless amounts of stories. We, we had a youth that was part of a youth, our youth group years ago. And uh, the youth pastor gave an altar call to get right with Jesus. And the kid said this. The kid, the kid said, no, I, I'm not getting right with God because I'm going to go out and party one more time. And then, then, after the party, then I'm going to get right with God. Well, he had no idea that his car would end up in the trees and he would be dead of an automobile accident. You see, no man knows the time. No one knows when it's over. Man has given one life to live. That picture is a picture of, yes, we don't know the time of our own lives and when when we're going to be called heavenward or we're going to be called to give account. We don't know when that is. We also don't know when Jesus is returning, and he is. And there's a clarion call going out all over the earth. There's a trumpet call to get right with God because the, the times are short. 
For those of you that know your eschatology and you look at the different things that are happening in scripture, it is absolutely amazing. It's amazing to, to see that which has taken place, prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes. But what's happened really and what's happening for our youth, what's happening for, for our nation is there's such a war with a spirit of Jezebel perverting our youth, perverting our nation so that they're, we're, that are all sexualized, so that they're open up to, they open up to deception. See, it's easy to be deceived if your heart's not on fire for God and all you're thinking about is your flesh. There's a time when it's going to shut. Isn't this a nice, warm, fuzzy... Yeah. Last message of 2014. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're so glad we came to church. Go ahead, tell him. It's okay, you're glad you came. Are you in or out? There's a famous actor who I will um, not share his name with you, but famous actor who was raised in a Christian home. Went to church. Born into a Christian family, went to church, Pentecostals church too, as I understand it. Served God, was in the youth group, was on fire. Became an actor, got very, very famous, and then threw his faith, threw his faith aside. And by his actions, you could tell what he believed. I mean, he publicly denied the Lord, on and on and on. Well, he was in a car accident. And those that witnessed these final moments of life... He's in a car accident. He's thrown out of the car, but he's still conscious and he's able to get up. He's walking around and he's saying, I'm not ready to die. I'm not ready to die. I'm not ready to die. Ah, and he cursed God and he fell over. There's a friend of the family's years ago, Jewish man. When he died, he died riddled with cancer, shaking his fist and cursing God. He said, well, I'll never do that. You have no idea what you'll do because your heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. And you don't know what little decision that you might make then takes you down the, the road to perdition, even in a greater way. And when you're filled yourself with the things of the world and you're constantly tantalizing yourself, all lost in the world and in your flesh, it opens you up for deception. And you won't even know when you got sucker punched and you're knocked out already. I went through a very hard time in my life. I was a talented kid. I was a talented athlete. I used to be really handsome way back then, had hair, all that. Thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> was in great shape. Headed to Ivy League schools. All that. You know what I'm saying? All that. And I will just tell you that I never dreamed in a million years that I would end up making decisions that would pull me down a rat hole one after another after another. Let me tell you something. Y'all listen to me for a second. Youth. Do you know prostitutes, they don't grow up 
hoping and dreaming one day that they can make a living by selling their bodies. That's just not something little girls dream of. Little girls don't dream of becoming prostitutes. And if you do, you're really under demonic oppression, and we will pray for you. You could get set free. I'm not joking. So there's not something that somebody dreams, oh, one day I just want to walk the street and, and just be a whore. How many of you would agree with me that little, little girls don't dream about becoming whores? And I'm not saying they're evil. I'm saying that they're deceived and we're to love them and may we have an opportunity to rescue them. But the, the decisions, listen, the decisions and choices that you're making, if I could just get after the youth for a second and y'all, y'all just listen in. You can just glean whatever you like. If you take a compass course, if you take a compass course, you know what a compass course is? North, south, east, west, right? If you take a boat, anybody have been on a boat? Raise your hand if you've been on a boat. All right. And you have a compass and you set the boat for a particular compass course to meet a particular point. If you're a few degrees off, you miss the point. So what are you saying? I'm saying that if you're constantly yielding to the things that are all around you, yielding to your flesh, trying to, I know some of you are hurting, some of you are broken, but I'm telling you that Jesus is the answer. He is absolutely the answer. Do you have to get up in our face about it? Yeah, man, I'm gonna stand before God how I, how I treated you tonight. I love you. I don't want you to see the pain that I saw. I certainly don't want you to become that which is tormented. And, and some of you just strayed on the wrong road. Oh, you're in church tonight. But you don't give a flip about one thing I'm saying. And some of you do. Praise God. I'm glad some of you do. The answer to your problem is Jesus. You'll never find satisfaction in any sex. You'll never find satisfaction out of any boyfriend or girlfriend or any amount of money or any fame or fortune. None of that will help you. And you might have, you know, your parents might be all jacked up. I don't know where your parents are at, but you're hearing the truth tonight. Are you in or out? It's a decision that you have to make. And I know some of you have been handed really a rough go of it. I understand that. But don't, don't be seduced by the world. Be sucked in by every Xbox 360 game and play until your eyeballs fall out of your head. Hope it's all going to be good someday. Texting, sexting, doing all of that stuff and try to get satisfaction. If you thought I was joking before, I wasn't. For real. My little uptight? Yeah. It's because I've done funerals for youth. I've done suicide funerals. I've done it. I don't like doing them. And I want you to have God's best. And some of the decisions and choices you make are taking you straight to the pit of hell. And you think it's cute and funny, but you just hope for a little bit of ease, a little bit of hope, a little bit of help. All the drama and all the stuff. You've got to come away from all of that and begin to choose to serve Christ and if you do God will help you I could, I, could, I could pick any one of the folks that are out here today come on Donovan give me an amen man I could pick any single people I know some of your testimonies I didn't plan to get all up after you but then again I did 
I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to preach the truth. And I know it's a little uncomfortable and we might have thinned the youth group by half, but frankly, I don't care. If somebody can hear me, all you just need is one person to get on fire. You change your whole school. You change your whole school. You change your family. It's so hard. But weeping and gnashing of teeth is far harder than whatever you're experiencing now. And I know now might be difficult, and I pray that God helps you and strengthens you, gives you peace. Are you in or out? Are you in or out? Where are you at? Well, Happy New Year. <laughs> Let me bring this to a conclusion. Maybe, where am I? Roman numeral 3, a picture of great contrast between God and man. You read verse 31 to 36. We didn't read that, but if you go ahead and read it. I mean, they're trying to kill Jesus, and that's really what man's trying to do now. If we could just prove that God doesn't exist, then it's all going to be good because then you can do whatever you want. And so man is constantly trying to remove God from the schools, remove God from the public square, remove the Bible, remove prayer. And it's really what they were trying to do too. Man was trying to get rid of Jesus and ultimately kill him. Man has always tried to reject God and eliminate him so we can do whatever we want so that we don't have to be convicted, so that we don't have to be in guilt and shame, so that we can say, well, God doesn't really exist. So then, you know, you you can, you know, it's all right to kill a baby then. It's all right to do abortion. It's all right to have same-sex marriage because God is not real. His law is not real. It's okay because you really didn't come from God. You came from uh, a complex series of reactions and chemical reactions from the primordial slime of the universe and you, you, you just eventually became a human being. I mean, you got to have more faith for that than you do that God made man in his image. But when you believe that, then it's easy to kill a baby. And it's easy to have same-sex marriage. It's easy to do all of those things because then it doesn't really mean anything. Man's a big zero and you can do whatever you want. The only problem is it's a lie. The truth is, is that God is alive and he is on the throne and he did send his son and you are made in God's image and nothing will satisfy you all the days of your life but being in. Being out will be tormenting. Being out will be perplexing and confusing. And if you go deeper and you end up with more success as the world sees it, listen to me, and you end up with more money and more fame and all of that, it's only because the devil's trying to take you deeper and deeper deception so he really takes you all the way. Are you in or are you out? Jesus tries to, I mean, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, I long to gather to you. And that's the way that God is. God's trying to say, come to me. And man's pointing a gun at him. Come any closer and I'll kill you. It's how it has been through history. Jesus continues to bless and gather people into his kingdom. And conclusion, personally, all of us have desires that are, have had desires that are not right. You're fallen human nature is bent on doing whatever it wants but if you give your life to Christ he'll put a new heart in you he'll take out the heart of stone and he'll put in the heart of flesh and being a Christian is absolutely swimming against the tide it is absolutely swimming against the tide and it's the most awesome thing I wouldn't want it any other way I love it it's it's fun I did the other thing 
Oh, yeah. I've been on penthouse apartments with the Rothschilds and debutante balls, and I slept on cardboard and ate out of a can that was shared from somebody else. I've seen everything from the top and everything in between and all the way to the bottom. And I will tell you, like Ecclesiastes, it's all meaningless, and it all means nothing. Oh, but Jesus, oh, he satisfies. He satisfies. Minister Micah, come. He satisfies, he heals, he delivers. And what I've found as I've served him and lived for him and endeavored and strived to enter through the narrow gate, that he's the author of pleasure, actually. It was his idea. He's the one that came up with it. The Bible says in the Psalms that at his right hand, there's pleasures for, at his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. Delight yourself in the Lord and he gives you the desires of your heart. You've got desires for sure. You try to get those satisfied outside of God and you'll end up outside where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. But if you'll humble yourself and you'll come to the Lord and repent, receive him, enter through the narrow gate, be in his kingdom where there's joy. Oh, there's pain, sure. There's difficulties, but you overcome them. And you see God show up. And he heals you and he helps you. Are you in? Are you out personally? And then as a church, we must do everything we can to reach the lost in 2015. We will have seen more prayer than we've ever had before. We will see that 24-hour prayer center started. Even in the next month, in Jesus' name, we'll see that thing open. Begin to have prayer sets over there on our new property, praise God. And we will reach out and reach more souls in 2015 than we ever have before. Why? Because time is short. It's short. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If the master was to come and shut the door tonight, where would you find yourself? In or out? Where would you find yourself? Won't you get right with God tonight? Give your heart to Jesus. Repent of your sin. Strive to enter into the narrow gate. That means give your all to God. Don't half step. Don't do one foot in church and the other foot in the world. Don't do that. You don't want to be one of those ones that said, Lord, Lord, I, I never knew you. You want to reflect his kingdom. If you want to reflect his kingdom, you want your sins forgiven. Revelation chapter 20. Anyone whose name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life will find his place in hell. That's what it says. If you're online or you're here, you're not right with God. You want to be made right with him. Never given your heart to Jesus. You've never given your heart to Jesus. Nobody moving, nobody talking, nobody texting. All across this place, you want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time. You want to make a recommitment to him because you know you drifted. You've drifted. 
man, I drifted for years. I mean, I gave my heart to Jesus and drift, gave my heart back to Jesus and drift. I finally, finally got healed of all my backsliding. So maybe you've drifted. There's no shame in that. Just come back tonight. Give your heart to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him. Or maybe you just want to be assured of your salvation on the count of three. Every eye closed, every head bowed. You want to give your heart to Jesus. First time, recommitment, or you want to be assured of your salvation. Lift your hand. Do it right now. God bless you. God bless you. I see your hand over there. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right. God bless you. All right. If you raised your hand, you're in the youth. Don't make me come get you, because I will. Stand up. Come on, stand up. Put your hands together for these guys. Come on, stand up. If you raise your hand, you're over here. Stand. You want to stand up if you need to get right with God all across this place. Now, here's the thing. Don't sit down yet. We never want to embarrass anybody. I didn't have you stand to embarrass anybody. Don't sit. And you stand up because Jesus says this. If you acknowledge me before my father, before if you acknowledge me before men, I will acknowledge you before my father in heaven. And so I just think that standing up, and the next thing I'm going to ask you to do, everybody stand up, please. Next thing I'm going to ask you to do is if you're serious about it, for real. Now, if you're not, you can sit on back down. You're just joking. But if you wanted to stand because somebody else stand next to you, fine. And you can be excluded from the next, this next call. If you're serious, for real, you want to get right with God, step out from where you're standing. Come right here. We're all going to pray. Come, Come on. Come on. Come on. And if you, if you raised your hand or didn't raise your hand or you stood or you didn't stand and you want to get right with God, just come right here. Come on, son. All right. All right. All right. All right. Come on. So we ought to clap and shout for these guys one more time. Bless you. Awesome. So in this, in this one moment, every eyeball on, on me, in this one moment, when you pray the prayer to ask Jesus to forgive you of all of your sin, what he does is, is he wipes out everything you ever did wrong. Everything? Everything. He, it, the Bible says that he throws it as far as the east is from the west. The Bible says that he takes all of your sin. You ever lied before? Don't lie again. Yes. Yes, you have. You ever lied? Yes. You ever taken the Lord's name in vain? Yes. You ever lusted after someone? No, that's right. Right? Yes. We've all messed up. He takes all of our sin and he throws it away. Why did he do that? Because he died. That's what sin deserves. Sin deserves death. And when you realize what the cross is, the cross is penalty for your sin and mine. He paid it so that you don't have to. And you can have this new new life in God. It's a new life. Come on, let's pray. Say it right out loud. Say it with me. Say, dear Jesus. Come on, right out loud. Say, dear Jesus. Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. pray for you. Holy Spirit, I pray, God, touch each and every one of these. Touch each and every one, God. Touch them, help them, strengthen them. In Jesus' name.
Lord, heal. Heal the broken places. Heal the broken places, God. Gift of leadership on you, man. It's gift of leadership on you. Nothing else will fit. You can lead for one team or the other. You pick which one. You lead for the God team. You watch what God will do. God's hands on you. God's hands on you, guys. Holy Spirit. that there's all kinds of money and scholarships waiting for you there's promotion elevation and the blessing of God waiting for you God's given you unique gift of athletics but also gift of leadership I don't know all that you're doing I don't know anything you're doing frankly I'm just glad to see you around here when I see God's hands on you his hand is on you people have been praying for you Grandma, different ones. God's looking to raise you up to do great things for him. All you got to do is say yes and put yourself in the right place. Same thing for every one of you up here. Blessing of God. Blessing of God. All the youth leaders come behind and lay hands on them. Come on. Come on, service is almost over. There's no work tomorrow for most of you. Come on, just press in. Come on, Brother Toby and Dee, come and lay hands on these guys. Come on, I want my leaders just to come around and lay hands on them. Come on, let the Lord touch you. Some of you need a touch. I mean, it's just like a nightmare maybe at home.
Come and lay hands I on this guy. myself Just come on, come on, line up right over here. Come on, come on, come on, come on, all the you. Just line up all right in here. Can you give myself? Feared in hell, 
our identity would be in you. We would know you. And we would reflect your kingdom everywhere we go. Be a reflection of the kingdom of God, not Sodom. The kingdom of God, not the world, not the flesh. We would not be Joe of the flesh. Daniel of the flesh or Daniel of the world be Daniel of the kingdom of God. Joe of the kingdom of God. Lord, we would reflect your kingdom walking in power and authority purchased for us to Calvary. Seeing the blind heal, the deaf hear, the lame to walk and the mute to speak. Let the kingdom of God come upon these. Break every curse. Break every assignment and generational sin. Break the the whispering decrees of suicide in Jesus' name. Breathe upon these tonight to fulfill their destiny, to fulfill the purpose for which you've called them heavenward. They would forget that which lies behind, but they'd press on to the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. Would you put your hands together for Jesus? Take someone by the hand, won't you? Youth, that you're up here, just take someone by the hand. It's all right. Maylene, where are you at? Maylene, would you come and close us? Well, we ought to have the youth down here more often. <laughs> Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for the service that we just had today. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for the word that was brought forth. We pray, Lord God, that you continue to touch each and every single young man, young woman, Lord God, every woman, Lord God, every man today, Lord God, every child. I pray, Father, that you'd be able to use them mightily, Lord God, that you'd strengthen them, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you bless them as they go home, Lord God, bless them, Lord God, with their families, Lord God. I pray, Father, you bless them in this new year, Lord God. I pray for prosperity, Lord God, and provision, Lord God, upon their lives, Lord God. We thank you, Father, for what you're going to do, Lord God, in their lives. Touch them today. Use them, Father. I pray, Lord, for a blessing and a covering, Lord God, upon each and every single one of these, Lord God. We thank you, God. We glorify you tonight. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. All right, God bless you. We're only going to have a 10 o'clock service, so we'll hope to see you at 10 if you want to be a part of that. We love you. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.